Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. This is episode number 60 for February 3rd, 2009. Today we have part two of a discussion we started back in October in episode 51 with retired Lieutenant Randy Russell of the Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, an innovator in the use of lean methods for improving law enforcement. And in part two here, uh, Randy will go through some very interesting and salient examples of the application of 5S and other lean principles um, in day-to-day law enforcement. Um, I I think really illustrating the way that uh, lean tools like this, when applied properly, can really um, help save lives for both law enforcement and the public they are working to protect. So I hope you um, find this interesting and give some thought in your own um, organization or enterprise. Uh, How is it that we can apply lean methods in a way that really impacts those doing the work or really impacts our customers rather than just going out and implementing lean tools? So hopefully you'll find this thought-provoking. And as always, thanks for listening. And maybe one other question to, to tie back into law enforcement. You talk about um, not just having a continuous improvement team, driving improvement, getting everybody involved. What, what, are, what are some examples of the types of day-to-day problems that, that people in the force were able to, um, to, to, to help solve using Wayne? Okay. Uh, some examples. You're a detective and you have an issued car issued to you. Car breaks down, goes to the motor pool. Now you need to get what's called a pool car to drive around and go do your interviews and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the processes that were in place required you to, you know, get a ride back to the station, uh, you know, fill out this form, go and see what pool cars were available, go find the chief to okay it, you know, get it signed out, you know, go to the lot where this car is supposed to be only to find out somebody else didn't fill out the paperwork, the car's not there, and start all this over. This could take all day. Yeah, so there's some pain. (laughs) A lot of pain, not much going on, not much good happening in this. Well, streamline that process so that, that there's a common node where we know where the cars are, we know what their status is, you, you sign it out. It doesn't have to, you know, if we're going to approve the thing one way or the other, it doesn't need to go to a chief, you know, some some supervisor, uh, you know, at the, at the most junior level necessary. So now you turn a process that take all day to just a few minutes, and we get the car, and we know where the car is. Yeah. Uh, that That's one uh, small example. There was a question that you had asked uh, once before. It was which ones were I'm m- most proud of or, or mm-hmm. and and it's not the ones that we were involved in. Um, and I've got a whole bunch of other ones uh, besides that, that pool car thing that we can go back to. But, but I'll tell you one that we weren't involved in. These are the ones I'm the most proud of because the people go to the class, then they go back to their workplaces and go, wow, that doesn't make any sense, or that's this type of waste, or that type of waste, and here's how we can get rid of it because they learn that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tell people your ID card is a hunting license. You know, and, and you have to know what type of game is in season. Yeah. And once you do, then you're a much more effective hunter. So so they go back to their workplace, and they know what to hunt now. And one of the, the, the coolest examples, and it just has this agency-wide effect, is uh, Sergeant Billy Tarkenton was our supply sergeant. 
and we had a supply unit, and you had to queue up at the window there at the police station and to get anything, you know, to get a box of magic markers or print cartridge or, uh, you know, rubber bands, uniforms, whatever. Uh, well, so there was always this long line outside of this. Now, you know, when people are standing in line, they're not getting their work done. And then there's somebody waiting on their work who's not getting that work done because, you know, the originator is standing in a line waiting for supply. So Billy goes back, realizes that the thing that's tying up the line is people getting fitted for uniforms. So he splits, splits the window. One's a uniform side, one's general supplies. Then he says, you know what, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we're not going to come looking for. We're not coming looking for the bottle of whiteout. We're not coming looking for, you know, a report cover. We're not coming looking for a bag of rubber bands. So put those things in a supermarket where if you need them, you come and get them. Yeah. You know, now the box of batteries, the print cartridges, things like that you come and sign for uh, after bringing the old one back. But the rest of the stuff is in a uh, supermarket. And now when people would go to the sheriff's office before I retired, I'd take them down there and I would say, look, we have not alerted them that you're coming, and I'll guarantee you that there will be no lines. Mm -hmm. And there never was. Now, we went from a line that was, on average, five to ten people at any time you looked, oh, wow. to no lines ever. Amazing. Now, do you know what happened to the shrinkage on the little knickknacks and doodads? Went down. It went down. If you know that all you need is one magic marker, uh, yeah. you're just going to go get one magic marker people out of the box. People aren't having to hoard and keep their own stuff. They aren't hoarding, exactly. So they're not over-consuming and then throwing the stuff away when it goes bad or they move to a new office or something like that. It went down. So that, that's one of the, the types of examples that I'm most proud of. I mean, and there's, there's operational examples, uh, evidence technician vans. You know, we, the CSI type people, yeah. we require them to carry all the specialized gear. Well, they were initially in sedans, and then they put them in vans, and now even vans don't seem to be big enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, we had a very bright lady, Norma Buchanan, evidence technician, who went to the class, went back, 5S her van, got it looking fantastic, organized, and everything. The management saw that and said, hey, we're going across the board with this. So they got together, made a few tweaks, you know, to, to refine it even further because this is continuous improvement, and, and then standardized that. So now the evidence technicians have everything they need with room to spare. It's organized. They know where everything is. And the vans also, you know, they, they look a lot more professional. Mm -hmm. uh, now, take that. And, and, and so that, that's, you know, a very logical 5S type thing, visual work and all. We'll take it to something that's a lot more gut level. The police do an incredibly dangerous job, and only people who have worn that gun and badge know just how dangerous it is. The officers are assigned their cars individually, and they have a lot of gear just like the ETs. And some of this gear will save your life or save your partner's life. Uh, well, they're also very peculiar about 
how their vehicle's set up and things like that. But no two are alike, which key on that issue. That's a problem. Uh, if you get 10 police cars together and you time them on finding just a random list of items that you would want in a hurry, like fire extinguishers, first aid kits, tourniquets, you know, mm-hmm. these kind of things, but you gave them somebody else's keys, uh, that's a pretty interesting operation there. You know, that, that, that's, a, that's a Chinese fire drill. To, to find stuff in somebody else's car. Right. Yeah. Well, if you think about it, if somebody goes down and you're closest to their car, you need to be able to find that extra ammo or get to their shotgun or get to the fire extinguisher uh, or the rescue blankets or whatever. And, and if you can't get to that or you don't know where it is, time's a waste and, and you know, people could lose their lives. Yeah. So there was a big officer safety advantage to standardizing the police trunks and the police gear placement. And, and, you know, and it initially wasn't met with the happiest of officers because they felt like some of their, uh, you know, some of their liberty or whatever was taken away. But when you, when you, when you frame anything in, in an officer safety context, they get it. Yeah. And everybody gets yeah. it. And nobody argues against officer safety. And uh, that and, you know, we basically said, well, we're just going to organize the things that belong to the sheriff in the car, which yeah. would be 9% of things, so. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I love that story and I love that example because I, I think that's such a nice illustration of using a lean concepts in a way that helps people. Or I mean, what, what's more important than you know helping save somebody's life in a dangerous situation? This was not the neat freaks running around and saying we want the cars to look neat for the, for neatness' sake. I mean, it sounds it seems like you really came at that uh, in, a, in, in a really well well focused, productive way. Well, I'm, my personal mission is to get lean into the things that save lives directly and, and, and indirectly, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see this for what it is. It is a way, it is a structured way to save lives. If you think about this, and, and the, the pool car example, yeah, it's frustrating, it's administrative, we can all relate to it. Uh, now, think, <clears throat> here's, here's another way to, to look at this, though, and this is how... I choose to look at it as a veteran officer. That detective, while he's trying to get a pool car, isn't making the phone call that could have gave him the tip that put the child molester in prison. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now something terrible happens yeah. because that guy's loose and not behind bars. Uh, you know, the officer who's spending too much time filling out a vehicle storage report on the street instead of watching the intersection that he was going to where we've had a high-frequency crash problem, now, you know, now if he's able to do that, the car that was going to run the red light and crash into your family and burn them up doesn't happen because now he's there. I know what police do. We save lives. We do it directly and indirectly. And, you know, anything that takes us away from that only aids our enemies. And I, I, I love that focus, and I mean, there, there, there seems like there's a bit of a parallel when hospitals are, are using lean in, um, in patient care setting with nursing. There's, there's a phrase that's used in some settings where they talk about, you know, releasing nurses' time, allowing nurses to spend more time on 
on the patient care and the value-added activity, and, and, and it sounds like a very direct, exact parallel to to your focus of freeing up officers' time and sheriffs' time to actually do police work instead of dealing with a bunch of waste. Absolutely. Ab ab precisely. And and I think that those of us in the, the lean business, you know, you and your audience, uh, you know, we can influence some of these life-saving activities you know, in a very positive way by sharing these examples with them that this is not some, you know, administrative, uh, you know, like you say, neat freak or, or uh, you know, just, uh, you know, the line the dominoes up type people mm -hmm. uh, doing something. No, this is about your surgeon having his tools on the tray next to him. You know, anything else doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, your life could be saved because he has the right tool in the right place, you know, to clamp that artery. Uh, you know, the police, knowing that that rifle is where it needs to be, ready to go mm -hmm. right now, not three seconds later, you know, <laughs> yeah. after there's a big problem, but right this second. Uh, you know, you know, being able to deal with problems immediately instead of when the administrative end of it gets caught up to it. Uh, I mean, really, when you think about it, there's there's really nothing more important than saving blood and treasure. I mean, it's just these are lives and and the consequences of 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 some of these bad processes. I mean, you don't even want to think about. So if we can influence that po in a positive direction, I think that's really just time well spent and and a life well spent. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more we could get into. Um, ho hopefully we can do a follow-up discussion, especially if listeners have um, specific questions for you. And, and, and I thought maybe a final thought in, in the last minute or so that we have. You talk about spreading this message. Um, so I if you talk r real quickly about your role. You're now retired from the Sheriff's Department and trying to help spread lean. Um, can you tell us what you're doing and if, if people are interested in, in getting in touch with you, how they might be able to do that? Well, this podcast would be a part of that. Uh, going, I'm speaking at some conferences uh, here in a few weeks, uh, some up in Michigan and uh, down in Orlando, and I'm willing to, uh, to talk to just about anybody anywhere uh, about this because, like I said, I know that this saves lives. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, there, there is a very direct connection to that. Uh, you know, some managers may connect more with the fact that it saves money, and it does. It saves tremendous amounts of money. It saves tremendous amounts of labor. It saves tremendous amounts of, of unnecessary travel and waste and paper and all kinds of stuff. But at the end of the day, it saves lives. And so your, your, your listeners are an army unto themselves. They can influence their law enforcement leaders, their fire, EMS, military, you know, the intelligence community, security, inspectors, Anybody whose business promotes safety and public safety and life-saving, the medical community, uh, you know, they can influence those people. And, and if they want to put them in contact with people like you and me, uh, then more power to them. If they want to lead this themselves, more power to them. Yeah. You know, we're, we're all in this together. And, you know, we may not know on this earth the good we do, but I think there's a time coming when we well, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and 
Mark, I really appreciate you having me. Thanks. God bless. Good luck with what you're doing. Uh, and uh, look forward to talking to you some more in the future, buddy. Okay. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.